Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Tuesday, February 8th. Coming up on the show today, I will try to explain to you what is going on with the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson. We'll hear from Teron Davenport of ESPN about what he thinks the Titans should do in the NFL draft and focus on the Senior Bowl. But we begin with some coaching news in the AFC South. The Kingston Group is donating its title sponsor of the show for this week to a wonderful organization here in Middle Tennessee called Our Kids. It's a national nonprofit that provides expert medical evaluation and crisis counseling in response to concerns about child sexual abuse. Well, one of our most important and most popular events has been Soup Sunday every single February. We've got dozens of the best chefs in Nashville competing to see who can make the best soup in the city, all under one roof at Nissan Stadium, coming up in two Sundays. Again, that's February 20th. Eat some of the best soups in town, gorge yourself on the most creative and unique flavors you'll ever taste, and of course, help Middle Tennessee kids in need while you're doing it. It's extremely family-friendly. Kids can get in for five bucks. It's just a killer event for all ages. Get your tickets today at OurKidsCenter.com. They usually sell out, and only 1,000 are available, so definitely only while supplies last. That's OurKidsCenter.com. Eat great food and help our kids. It's a no-brainer. We've got some news inside the AFC South to get started today as the Houston Texans on Monday announced the hiring of Lovey Smith to be their new head football coach. Smith makes the third head coach in three years for the Texans, and it will be his third head coaching job in the NFL. Smith was the Chicago Bears head coach for nine seasons, taking them to the Super Bowl back in 2006. He then was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach for two years before dropping down to the college ranks and coaching the University of Illinois for five seasons. Through all of that, Smith has not had a winning record since 2012, which is seven straight years of coaching football. Smith is fine. He has a certain floor. He's a known commodity, and he presents some continuity for Houston after serving as the defensive coordinator last season. Having said all of that, Smith is a classic, unimaginative NFL hire, a guy who's had more than 10 years worth of chances and hasn't been good in over a decade. I'm sure he's a fine coach, but it's just not what the Texans should be doing. There is no pressure to win right now, so why not take a chance? Be risky, be creative. Brian Flores is available. Ryan Day at Ohio State might be interesting. Lane Kiffin, Jim Harbaugh, Eric Bieniemy, you name it, there are tons of assistants who would be qualified and might offer you tons of upside. The point is rarely do the fired retreads work out like Andy Reid has worked out in Kansas City. More often than not, the new hotshot, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Vrabel, Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor are the guys who make the biggest impacts. Sure, those moves are risky, but they have huge upside, and the payoff can be, well, super. The Jacksonville Jaguars nearly did this. They nearly hired a young, creative, innovative, potentially risky hire in Byron Lefwich. Instead, what did they do? They went with a guy who's a former NFL head coach, Doug Peterson. No disrespect, I think Doug Peterson's a fine coach, but you know what he is. Byron Lefwich has upside. There's risk, creativity, Smith just feels stale, unimaginative, and like a placeholder. So I suppose Titans fans are just fine with this decision by the Houston Texans. We bring in Teron Davenport of ESPN, the Talking with TD podcast as well, to break down the offseason priorities for the Tennessee Titans, and we begin with which position groups John Robinson should be focusing on. Yeah, I think it, it consists of tight end, wide receiver, specifically a slot receiver. Like you want somebody that can really stretch the field vertically from that slot, but also get you those free yards, the catch and run yards, because 
If you're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill, that's what you're going to need, those free yards that will allow high percentage throws to turn into big games. So those are two positions. I think cornerback is another position that they'll need to, to look at, especially if they're going to move on from Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Caleb Farley is an outstanding prospect, but he is just that, a prospect. We don't know how he's going to turn out as far as his injury situation. Very gifted player, but it's still something that we'll have to see how he comes back from that. And then, obviously, offensive line. That's another area that they, they want to look at just as far as a depth perspective. I just wonder if a rookie could come in and, and, and play better, and that's something that they're going to have to consider uh, immediately. What, what about – I want to ask you about the offensive line. The, the rest – there's a lot of decisions to be made on all those guys. I mean, Ben Jones and Roger Saffold sort of are the identity of the team, but one is a, one's a free agent. One's getting up there. They're both sort of banged up all the time. They're tough as nails. There's no question about that. You could save – I don't know, what is it? $28 million on Luan's contract if you walked away. What is the right approach to the offensive line this offseason, in your opinion, from a personnel standpoint? Well, I think that it's tough. I think they need to look at a possible restructure with, with Roger Saffold. He's a guy that's been a big part of their, their rushing attack, which is what they cut their, their teeth on, right? That's the bread and butter of that offense. Uh, ben Jones, he, he needs to come back. You find a way to bring him back. Now, there are some centers, you, you know, Cole Strange, uh, uh, Zion uh, Johnson. Those are guys, you know, Johnson can play center or guard. But those are guys you can bring in to, to boost that interior. But the thing with this team is that window, it's, it's now. So do you want to have a rookie center leading a team that's, that's ready to win now? I don't know that I would want to do that. So it, it's, it's a tough dance that they're going to have to walk. And it, it's a lot of give and take because if you're going to have that offensive line remain intact and have that money invested in that offensive line, it's going to take away elsewhere. So those are some things to consider. Do you get a sense that Lawan is back in his current contract? Uh, I don't know about the current contract. I, I think there, there will be a conversation about getting that number uh, reduced. So I'm going to say for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say no. Uh, all right, then last question here about the quarterback situation. I, I don't have any debate or discussion or questions about Ryan Tannehill in 2022. There's certainly some questions about the contract after 2022. The quarterback draft class, uh, I, I'm not sure if there's a an elite number one guy in this quarterback draft class. I don't know how you see it. It does seem like if you're going to find a guy in that mid to late first round, this might be the year to do it. But at the same time, I don't love the, the prospects. What do you make of this five, six guy quarterback class that could go in that mid to late first round. Is this, is there a guy that you like the Titans could sit on for a year and, and have him learn and be the future? Or is that, is this just not good enough a collection of guys? Well, I think Malik Willis is hands down the best quarterback in this draft. And uh, that's just because of his, I'll use a, a Jim Harbaugh reference, his plutonium like potential. I remember he said that about uh, Cam Newton coming out of Auburn. So I always loved that reference. Now, obviously Willis is not likely to be there for him. But if they were to go back that they could use uh, to kind of like sit and, and come in eventually, Desmond Ritter is really the, the best match, in my opinion. And he's someone that has a lot of traits similar to Ryan Tannehill as far as the ability to be used on the move. You could boot him. You could run play action and those different things. He did a lot of that at Cincinnati. And it's interesting because he said that in certain aspects, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that he's modern – uh, his pattern, his his game after, uh, and uh, along with Deshaun Watson. I just think Ritter uh, will continue to give them like that dynamic option, you know, the ability to to scramble 
and those type of things. And there are some accuracy issues from time to time, but I've seen him have really good placement on, on, on passes as well. And I think that Notre Dame game is a good one to watch. You want to get a nice look at, at what Ritter's capable of doing. So if you had to press me to, to say quarterback option, I think Ritter would be there. And he's one of those guys that they bump back to the bottom part of the first round, top part of the second, I would imagine he would be there. Teron Davenport, you can catch him all over the dot-com, of course, the radio airwaves, the podcasting. You got him everywhere. Thank you, Teron. We appreciate it, bud. For sure. So what the heck is going on at Auburn and with football coach Brian Harson? As the Auburn hot seat turns, all of my boosters, well, it's reaching bizarre and unprecedented status even by Auburn standards. There are a lot of rumors and a lot of reports, and he said this, and Brian Harson said that, and so here's what you sort of need to know about what's going on. And if you want to dive deeper, we'll be going through basically every detail of this nonsensical soap opera on the planes coming up on this week's Fringe Element out on Wednesday. Harson and Auburn are both to be blamed for where they are right now, on the verge of spending yet another $20 million to fire a coach just 14 months after spending, you guessed it, $20 million to fire a coach. That would be $40 million they would be paying to Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson should he be fired without cause sometime this week, which could happen by the time you're hearing this. Harson's resume includes a week away from fall camp with COVID. Five total coordinators have been hired and changed. Multiple position coaches were fired during the season. He beat LSU and Baton Rouge for the first time in over two decades. He beat the best Ole Miss team in school history, and he almost beat Alabama, a team that played in the national title game. However, he also lost five straight games to end the year and has long been a divisive figure amongst Auburn power brokers. He was hired by athletic director Alan Green, which sort of signaled a potential break between the overzealous and meddling boosters, you know, like what Tennessee has been going through for the last 20 years, and an actual person in charge of the athletic department making a good sound football decision. Yet Auburn just changed presidents, like this week, and it has been openly stated by Auburn University that the decision on Brian Harson and his future will be made outside of the athletic department, which is essentially cutting Green out of the process. This is very bad news for Harson. Players are coming out on social media for him. Players are coming out on social media against him. Rumors about his unwillingness to cheat at recruiting is both admirable and naive at the same time. Basically, Brian Harson is probably a pretty solid coach, but maybe isn't cut out for life on the Plains or in the SEC, which is, of course, arguably the weirdest and most bizarre football program in all of America. And it sounds like the guy who hired him is no longer in charge of keeping him. What is very unlikely, however, is that Auburn will find some sort of cause to make this move. Harson may not be a culture fit. He may not want to recruit like a traditional SEC coach, but he's not dirty. He plays by the rules and by all accounts isn't doing anything at all that would rise to the level of cause. So the final question remains for Auburn fans trying to chase out a fairly decent football coach after just one calendar year. Do you Auburn football boosters love Auburn football as much as you love being in charge of Auburn football? Which one is it? Because from where I sit, the answer is definitely the latter. As a reminder, of course, the 440 is brought to you this week by Our Kids Soup Sunday event coming up February the 20th. The best chefs and best restaurants in Nashville competing dozens and dozens of soups for you to try. Tickets are $25. OurKidsCenter.com. They're on sale. Supplies are limited. We only can allow 1,000 people into the building at Nissan Stadium. Again, that's February 20th, Soup Sunday. All of the proceeds benefiting Our Kids, of course, a nonprofit specializing in child sexual abuse here in Nashville. Eat some food and help some kids. What's not to love? 
Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. Make sure you're picking up your Our Kids tickets to Soup Sunday as well. Please share the show, rate, review, and subscribe. All of that great stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the Full 40 for Tuesday, February 8th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.